Trashy Trashy, where we take a dumpster dive on this week's Garbage People and all the trashiest news stories. I'm your host, Erica Curry. And I'm your other host, Cassandra Cardino. Oh my goodness, good flair. How, how have you been, Cass? I've been so good. Happy 2021, Erica. Happy 2021. I feel like, I'm not <clears throat> going to say it, but I have good intentions for this year. You shut the fuck up with that. Yeah, so far so good. I guess I I almost burnt my house down this morning, but like other I don't live in a house, lol. I almost burnt down the entire apartment building and lost a lot of people their homes this morning. What happened? I was cooking some bacon and then I was like, I should put on workout clothes today because then I'll definitely work out and I have to run a bunch of errands later. And so then I was like in the mirror trying to decide which workout clothes were the best ones to wear. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I'm cooking bacon in the other room. And uh, so... We, we burnt those to a crisp and the alarm was going off. My dog was like shaking, about to like piss herself. It was, it was honestly like so good. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds magical. I have not been able to peel myself out of the couch. Mm. I've had this week off work and I had so many plans, so many ambitions. Mm-hmm. And yet there I was finishing seasons of, of series on Netflix yeah, uh, boyfriend and I had the staycation, and we did some stuff. Like one day, we like were in the South Bay all day, like kind of just driving around and looking at all that whatever's out there, which will come up in a story later, actually. But most of the other days, we kind of just chilled because at night we were cooking like these cool meals or something like that, and we were drinking too much. And then you just wake up hungover, and then it's like, well, you know, we could just keep watching Big Mouth. <laughs> Well, that sounds pretty trashy, but how else have you been trashed this week? So, I I mean, this kind of relates to it, but so yesterday was my first day, you know, off of the staycation. So I was alone for the first time in a few, like, in a while. (laughs) Like, straight up alone because, like, my roommate is not in town either. And so I was like, I need something to watch quick. And I watched... Every single episode, every single hour-long episode of the American Barbecue Showdown on Netflix, like start to finish, watched every episode. It was a fucking delight. All day, I like, I toyed around with the idea of maybe like ordering takeout from Bloodsos or something like that. I didn't do it. I stuck to the food in my house because I said, no, bitch, it's January 2nd. You can't fuck around like this. But I did watch that all day long. I spent my entire Saturday. And I was like cleaning and doing other stuff. And I'll get into that later. But like, I I just didn't take my eyes off of a barbecue show. Oh. Like, I'm like a cartoon dog. That sounds incredible. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) it's pretty tight. But I mean, there are definitely would have been better uses of my time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Why are you trash this week? Well, one time in college, I was taking the elevator down. And this is like a good lesson why you should always take the stairs if you can. Mm -hmm. But I was taking the elevator down and I got stuck with two other girls. Nightmare. A nightmare. Not the girls, the elevator. Yeah. And one of the girls crawled out through the gap and left us to go study. (laughs) Okay, that's... So dangerous. So dangerous. So dangerous. So it was just me and one other of my sorority sisters, and she was not handling it as well as I was. And so instead of just being like a source of comfort, I decided to document it 
<laughs> with my little digital camera, my point and click, and then turn it into a Facebook album. Erica. <laughs> the time that Erica and Blank got stuck in an elevator. <laughs> so you, this woman is freaking out and you were just photographing her? I had very little EQ at the What's time. What's that mean? Emotional intelligence. Oh, okay. Yeah, you sound like some weird, like, eccentric pervert. Like, it's <laughs> just taking pictures of someone who's very upset. How many times do we have to see someone in a movie, you know, a fiction movie, but a movie nonetheless, get chopped in half by an elevator before you realize that you shouldn't fucking crawl out? I'm trash for documenting this poor girl, but also the other girl's trash for leaving us. Well, did she she get help? You know, we called the number within the elevator and let them know, hey, we're stuck. And somebody came within an hour. We were there like an hour, hour and a half. Wow. I've never been stuck in an elevator. It's my only time. But luckily I had rations. I had a Dr. Pepper and some snacks with me. So I felt like I was prepared. Did you think you were going to starve in that hour? Yes. (laughs) I was like, well, if I have to eat her, I guess I'll start with the arms. Mm Mm-hmm. You're like the, um, did you ever watch that movie, The Platform? No. Ooh, Erica, this shit is a fucking intense movie. And uh, now I don't want to spoil it. God damn it. It's okay. You can spoil it. So you're like one of the people in The Platform where he's like, I'll hold out as long as I can before I have to eat you. But, you know, eventually that's going to happen. But I'll start with your cheek or I'll start with this part of you and I'll start with your leg. And I can even feed you some of yourself. Oh, my God. Yeah. You want to watch that movie? <laughs> Not now. No, it's so good, Erica. Oh, my God. It's like all these metaphors for like classism and like, oh, you got to watch. Listeners, you got to watch the platform. Yeah. Originally, the movie is in Spanish. It's a it's made in España, but you can watch it with English dubbing. I've watched it both ways because I recommend this movie to people and I don't have a preference to be honest. The dubbing is weird at first because I'm not used to watching things in dubbing, but I mean, why not just watch it in Spanish, the original language of the movie? Speaking of Spanish uh-huh. and the original language of somebody, let's get into our <laughs> first story this week. Okay. That segues very nicely. I know. I felt it as it was happening. I said, oh my God, <laughs> it's as if I wrote this. I didn't. According to the DailyMail.com, Alaria Baldwin, who was originally born Hillary Hayward Thomas, previously claimed that she came to the U.S. when she was 19 years old. Her fake Spanish past has been revealed. Yeah. So So, this is the wife of Alec Baldwin, Mm -hmm. of whom they have five children, but she has been masquerading around (laughs) as if she had come from Spain when she was 19 to the U.S., When it turns out, she was born in Massachusetts. Yeah, and her parents are also like professors or everyone, everyone is from Massachusetts. It's important that we all understand that. She does claim that she, you know, like when she was trying to fix it now, because everyone's realizing that she's a fucking liar. She's like, well, I went back and forth a lot and I speak both languages and yeah, blah, 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 blah. But like, no, I was born in Massachusetts, not in Mallorca. But my family is all in Spain right now. She went to the Cambridge School of Weston, where fees are $64,000 a year and class ratios were six to one. 
Former classmates revealed that she actually came from Weston, Massachusetts and attended the school. So she has basically faked her whole career, claimed that she never watched film and television, didn't know who Alec Baldwin was, famously asked him, and what do you do? Which is my favorite way to interact with a celebrity. Mm-hmm. I I attended a wedding in 2019 mm. and I sat next to a very famous person at the rehearsal dinner. Mm-hmm. And I simply said, and what do you do? Ooh. Oh, man, I really want to know what the, who the person is. I don't want to name drop. I don't want to expose them. They were, let me just say, they were absolutely lovely and totally gracious and humble. And we're like, oh, I'm an actor. I do this. I recognize you. I'm just trying not to be an asshole. And Will say you I name recognize- them and then cut it out? And then like the listeners can just be mad about my reaction? Uh, Yes. Oh, okay. 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 Cool, 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 cool. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I sat next to her at a rehearsal dinner, and she was absolutely lovely. And then, you know, ran into her at the wedding, and then the next day when we were sightseeing, also ran into her. But yeah, I I pulled the power move, and I just said, and what do you do? Nice, 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 nice. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. I never know how to react around, like, celebrities and stuff like that. I was at an award show early last year, pre-pandemic. Well, I mean, the pandemic was happening in like other countries, but not here yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I was at the Queer Tea Awards and I ran into a couple pretty famous people. And one of them I was talking to for a while. And it was weird because I was like, oh, like, I know who you are. Why are you asking me about me? I know who you are. Like, and I just like, I don't know what to say. And then I finally was like, by the way, like, I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, but she was so she was super nice. It was Kamiko Glenn. Back to Ilaria. Ilaria Baldwin. Ilaria. Her mother spent most of her career practicing medicine in the state of Massachusetts. And a number of videos on her past TV appearances were unearthed as evidence that her Spanish accent isn't real, including a segment from the Today Show. During the segment, Ilaria seemingly forgets the word for cucumber. Now let's reenact it for the listeners. Okay. She's saying, um, you just, she's doing a cooking segment. Okay, so you add some tomatoes, mm-hmm, uh, some mm-hmm. red peppers, and then, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. oh, what is the English word for this? Uh, 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 cu- cucumber. Cucumber. And see. She's from Boston, her Boston ass. What is, what is the English word for this? Um, Dunkin' Donuts? <laughs> what, what is the English word for this? Um, mm, ben Affleck? Uh, Harvard Yard? What is this, uh, the English word for this is Tom fucking Brady is the only man I would ever let sleep with me? (laughs) Oh, man. In response to the claims, she admits she was born in Boston, not Majorca. Yes, I am a white girl. I am a white girl, said the 36-year-old influencer. Guess what? People from Spain are white. There's a difference between race and ethnicity. Boom. Video came days after claiming that she spent years misrepresenting her heritage went viral on Twitter last week. If you go to Tracy Morrissey, her Instagram stories, there's a documentation and probably about 20 or 30 Instagram stories that document all of the times Ilaria, aka Hillary. It just explains the story in in very vivid details, and it's a really good read. I was watching some of these videos, and like her accent is... For the most part, it sounds like a white person's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a bilingual white person's. So, like, I kind of like 
confused, but then you showed me that cucumber video. I was like, oh, she was really putting the sauce on for a while. And now oh, she's she- like toning it down. <laughs> yeah. She was she's she was almost back it. to being Hillary from Boston. Hilaria's husband, Alec Baldwin, took to Instagram to defend his wife last Sunday. Alec Baldwin, who also called his daughter a pig in a voicemail. Yeah, he's not quite... Uh, I love Alec Baldwin, but he, he's not the one you want defending you. He's not the one. And she seems Alec to... Alec Baldwin's daughter, who he called a pig, she also went on Instagram to defend her. And I feel like everyone's Instagram video is like they just woke up and decided to do it and spend the first like 30 seconds to a minute of the video really like letting them know like hey sorry i've never done a like post on an ipad so i don't know where to look and i did a face peel last night so like anyway and it's like how what a bummer for you and your self-esteem that you have to spend the first minute of this video explaining why you don't have makeup on and why your hair's up like i understand like saying i've never done this on ipad i don't know where to look but anyways Here's what I came to talk about. But then you have to talk about your skin. I'm like, oh, what a bummer for you. But then again, your dad is Alec Baldwin and called you a pig. So how good can your confidence really be? And your mother is Kim Basinger. <laughs> Speaking of famous people going online. <laughs> according to consequencesofsound.net, Erica's favorite website, Ted Nugent at it again. <laughs> Ted Nugent trashes vaccine George Floyd in worst Christmas blessing ever. He also suggested that Kamala Harris is a ho, ho, ho. Why hasn't Ted Nugent died yet? I'm I'm curious. Like a self-inflicted bow and arrow wound. I, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> Can you do that? Can you shoot a bow and arrow yourself? <laughs> I think he, he, he could figure it out because he's such a man. That's true. Oh, God. He's so manly. <gasps> Oh, it's hard to talk about him without, you know, thinking about his humongous cock. So on December 25th, Ted Nugent referenced the name of Jesus Christ while channeling the cruelty of the Romans. Some nice writing there. He trashed the coronavirus vaccine called the lockdowns, not a real pandemic, drew a hard line between Democrats and genuine American families, mocked the vice president-elect as a ho-ho-ho, invoked about a bajillion racist tropes, and slander Judge Floyd, all as part of one of the worst Christmas blessings in history. The mudslide of hatred came during a Facebook Live video on Christmas Day. Rocker and conservative blowhard began with his impression of the cowardly lying singing Christmas carols before introducing his son Rocco Winchester Nugent. For a while, they talked about their bowel movements, Rocco's vegan love shit, as well as the 72-year-old musician's most recent defecation, who bragged, I gave birth to an angry moose this morning. Ugh, this is disgusting. It's just, it's awful. <laughs> I, I'm all for bowel health. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And I think we should talk about things more. But I don't care about your angry moose. That's I don't disgusting. like the idea of like some bearded, nasty old man just bragging about the fat shit he took that morning. Ugh. This is the America I want to live in. <laughs> <laughs> He said, Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Not you, Kamala. Mispronouncing Vice President-elect's first name. And then he extended an advertisement for his services on Cameo, which was interrupted when he first saw a squirrel. Then again, when he recalled finding a nail in the yard. And a third time when he searched for the right words to describe his Cameo performances. I go above and beyond, he said. I'm not sleeping. I'm not comatose. I'm not a liberal. I'm not a Marxist. I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a scam artist. I'm not a dirtball. 
I'm a fire-breathing, rock-and-roll, son-of-a-bitch, American freedom-defendum shit-kicker created in the image and likeness of God. What is what is his songs? Like, do I even know a Ted Nugent? I've only known him as, like, this guy. Cat Scratch Fever, he wrote? Cat Scratch Fever. Okay. Is that true? Stranglehold. Weird. I don't... I just kind of assume that this is all he did. Basically, he kind of stopped at Stranglehold and Cat Scratch Fever. I would so say he that's... Made, he made music in the 70s and then went full banana sandwich. Yeah, basically. <laughs> Man, the internet. He would be gone if there wasn't an internet. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. We would never hear from him. He would never make an appearance in my life. He would just be like saying all these things in obscurity alone. Let him... I mean, oh my goodness. Do we he let also- him? let him just go away quietly if we just don't pay attention to these 16 minute rants they go away but they get written up they get talked about by us i know we're we're the problem we're the problem like they it's meant to incite people like us hey ted 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 i got some notes buddy so when you're trying to pitch this cameo thing you want to give people the kind of like confidence that you're going to be able to focus. So when you see the squirrel in your yard, let's let it go or let's not do it live so that we can cut it. And actually on that note, I think people kind of know who you are. So you don't need to come up with four different words for Democrat to ensure that people understand that you're not that. And we're, look, we're not trying to stifle you, baby. We love you, Ted baby. But we're just trying to really nail down this pitch because it's a it's a you know it's a dog eat dog world out there with cameo you're competing against other celebrities and we want you to shine baby cash you nailed it on the head (laughs) (laughs) i I bought a we we have to edit this podcast okay what there's editing that goes into this podcast (laughs) the illusion is shattered we gotta tighten tighten it up i've had people who listen to my other podcast, listen to this one. They go, yeah, you and Erica, it's really tight, really tight. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and then I have other moments on that other podcast, which is live where I stumble over my words and then kind of shut down like I do here. But then I realize, oh, this is live. <laughs> I have to keep going. You got to plow through. Oh, man. I bought a cameo for myself this week. <laughs> From who? A TikTok star named Dutch. He lives in New York. And he is a a born and bred New Yorker, full of anxiety, and I absolutely adore him. And it was like $15 to do a a cameo, Dutch DD. And I was like, hey, would you ever consider moving to LA? Also, this is just for me. I just wanted to have like a conversation. (laughs) And he responded and gave me my money's worth. I'll tell you that. So the cameo was just you paid for a conversation or did he like record a video for you? He recorded a video for me. What did he say? He basically was like, you know, I've never thought about New York or leaving New York, but I mean, LA's nice. I do like the weather, but I don't know how to drive. I would have to get a car. This is me doing his voice. The best I, I figured. He's adorable. And I highly recommend ever. I'll link his TikTok in the show notes. All right. Well, speaking of New York... According to topclassactions.com, King Hawaiian rolls are not made in Hawaii. Class action lawsuit claims by a man 
We're in New York. That's true. That's that's the connection I made. It was it was a it was a stretch, but it makes sense, you know. Yonkers, New York resident Robert Galinsky, the named plaintiff in the complaint, bought a package of King's Hawaiian rolls from his local stop and shop this month and realized that he was conflicting information on the labels. Hilo Hawaii can be seen on the package front and center, according to Galinsky, giving the impression that the King's Hawaiian rolls are made on the island. But instead, in smaller font on the back, a consumer will find that the rolls are actually made in Torrance, California. Torrance, California being one of the places that I was in on my staycation in the South Bay. I told you I was coming back. I love it. I love the synergy. Galinsky says the cla- in the class action lawsuit, King's Hawaiian essentially invented this category of food and points to the legal action the company has taken against brand using its trademark design, emphasizing orange colors and the term Hawaiian rolls. The complaint specifically lists four lawsuits King's Hawaiian Holding Co. has filed against its competitors, including two against grocery retail chain Aldi. Aldi, the famous brother of Trader Joe's. Oh, my God. Galinsky says today's consumers' taste have to come to recognize that there are lots of options on the market and want genuine products. For many consumers, authenticity has taken over quality as the prevailing purchasing criterion, Galinsky's class action lawsuit says. Hey, Robert, she's not coming back, man. She's gone. (laughs) I know you're not taking your divorce well. But this isn't the way you're going to get her attention, okay? By suing King's Hawaiian because they're made in Torrance, even though they say Hawaii on the box. (laughs) I am a firm believer in class action lawsuits. They do keep, like, it is a viable way that consumers have the option to hold companies accountable. And it's a way to get in without having a, a, you don't have to sue them. Only one person is the named complaintant. And then I could get in and say, yeah, I bought King's Hawaiian Rolls and I get $15 where Mr. Galinsky will probably get $15,000. I have a pack of King's Hawaiian, actually. Let me go grab this. I want to go investigate this. Go investigate, Cass. This is a special investigation by Trashy Trashy. So King's Hawaiian, Hilo Hawaii. It does, in fact, say on the front. Manufactured King's Hawaiian Bakery West, 19161 Harborgate, Torrance, California. So what? It's a lie. (laughs) these are american jobs no i'm all for it i mean we're basically farm to table eating king's hawaiian rolls (laughs) in southern california (laughs) our story back in the 1950s in hilo hawaii a man named robert r tyera had a passion for baking he worked tirelessly to create a bread that was soft sweet and irresistible after years of making his bread in hawaii robert decided to expand to the mainland today the Tayara family continues his legacy of creating irresistible products made with the aloha spirit and enjoyed by millions. Mahalo, the Tayara family. He said he came to the mainland. The the Torrance is mainland. (laughs) I'm all for it. I hope Mr. Glinsky gets his money. I fucking don't. (laughs) This is... No. No. You can't sue. It's... Read the story on the back, you dick. My favorite story is Texas Roadhouse, which you would uh-huh. assume was originated in Texas. And the story like on their menus is like, Texas Roadhouse, founded in Gary, Indiana. <laughs> in- okay, look, I'm not going down to the Irish pub residuals and getting pissed off that I'm not, in fact, in Ireland. Like, some people bring shit from where they came from. That's the beauty of America, baby. 
That's what it is. And, and granted, Hawaii is a part of America, but still, I mean, that's what I'm saying. And frivolous lawsuits are another part of America, and I love it. <laughs> Fuck you, Robert Galinsky. <laughs> What's the most you've ever made off of a class action lawsuit? Like upwards of $60. I made almost like 400 once off of because someone sued P.F. Chang's. Oh, nice. a class action lawsuit. Yeah. And then I made For like $90. Yeah, it was like wage, like they were they were doing a lot of fucked up shit. And then I made like $30 once after from Victoria's Secret, and I only worked there for two days. This was pretty sick. Pretty sick. Yeah. I've been on the consumer side of things, and I've filed a lot of class action lawsuits. Have you really? God. There's Erica, a website you- where you can go in and see like who's being sued, and if you've used the products and have a receipt, you can, you can file in. What is the website? The website that we just use, basically topclassactions.com, but it it tells you what class action lawsuits are going on. I mean, I bought a twin pack of these King's Hawaiian Rolls from Costco. You think I could get double the in? I I think so. I think you can prove you've got a pretty good complaint going. Because I use these things when I make sliders. So, you know. Nothing is better than a King's Hawaiian Roll. God, so good. You know what's so bad? What is? Victim of man who pleaded guilty in diaper fetish human trafficking scheme breaks silence. What? Yeah. So a man was claiming that he was an adult that needed assistance with changing his diaper. Turns out it was just a fetish for him and that he was completely able-bodied. This comes to us from WDSU.com. Okay. Yeah. When I saw the story, I was like, what like out loud this is upsetting change my diaper please this is a guy (laughs) sorry it's frustrating for me this is a guy who has a weird diaper fetish and he was using an app where people who need like care that's how he found these women to come and change his diapers his victims Like it's disgusting. It's I'm just- explaining. <laughs> like all I can say is what happened and how it happened. I apologize for my little voice earlier. <laughs> One of his victims spoke to to WDSU about her experience. Dees, the man charged, Rutledge Dees, pleaded guilty to faking being mentally disabled to get unsuspected women to change his diapers. He will serve no jail time, only probation, after his admission and guilt and plea. He isn't allowed to have social media anymore, and he has to go to AA meetings and see a counselor. I want my diapy changed, please. You know, you can... This is what pisses me off. (laughs) I'm coming out of the gates and saying it, because I'm holding back right now, and I shouldn't. You can go on Craigslist... And find people for this shit. Yeah, people are in, like, consenting adults are into this type of fetish play. You, you can, don't have to get unwitting victims. Yeah, you can find people who, like, it gets them all fucking jazzed up to play mommy. Or, like, daddy. Or or just, like, they are willing to do this for money. And I'm sure that these people got paid through the care app that they were working on. But, like, probably not enough. And also, like, this is fucked up it's super fucked up it's disappointing that somebody would do that and i can't believe he's only getting probation to me this is a jailable offense what are you gonna do in jail though that's the thing see this is what's wrong with the prison system in america okay 
is that like, I think that the fact that he's getting mental health help is a better track for him. But we're also conditioned in this country that like you do something wrong, you should go to jail. So it's like, this pisses me off. And I'm like, yeah, fuck you, go to jail. But like, you're not going to learn anything in jail. Nothing is good is going to come from him going to jail. It's more just annoying that there's people who have done less bad stuff who are in jail. Mm-hmm. And he's getting, I don't know, help me. <laughs> I can't it's breathe just, here. It's straight garbage. I think oh. it's, yeah, that's a good opinion. I agree. I take back my previous statement of wishing he was jailed. And I, I'm glad that he is getting the mental health help that he needs. But it's just straight garbage. It It's so gross. This grosses me out. I watched an episode of uh, Taboo on TLC a long time ago, which if you haven't watched Taboo, have you ever wanted to watch a show that they don't make water hot enough to shower after you watch this? <laughs> Try out Taboo. And there's one about like adult babies and like these people who you know, either have like live-in kind of situations where like they're a business am by day, adult baby by night, and they've got like a live-in person to read them stories and tuck them in and change their diaper and stuff. Or like they kind of, they do that kind of stuff themselves, but they're definitely a baby all day. And then they're like having to admit to their friends like, hey, the reason I never have you come over is because I'm a baby. And (laughs) (laughs) I I'm not trying to yuck somebody's yum, but that's, that's disgusting. I'm not trying to yuck someone's yum too, but also like, I just like, where's the yum coming from? Are you okay? Walking a fine line, walking a fine line. Anyways, watch Taboo. Speaking of adult babies, <laughs> according to consequencesofsound.net, my favorite website. Yeehaw. Dr. Drew is diagnosed with COVID-19 after downplaying pandemic. Okay, I haven't been, like, hot on Dr. Drew for a while. Is he, like, a bad dude now? Because I thought he was, like, good. He takes – I think he has stopped his Hippocratic oath of do no harm. And I think he is more of a TV personality now and cares more about personality than he does about helping people. That's my hot take. Okay. Okay. That's fair. I mean, you know. Sometimes that happens to people. Sad, sad when it happens. But because I was like, I thought that he was still kind of like a trusted source. And then I've heard more and more stories about the things he pushes. And I'm like, he's kind of feeling like Dr. Ozzy to me, you know? Oh, yeah. So he was, he, if you don't know who Dr. Drew is, he's the celebrity medical professional known for Loveline and Celebrity Rehab. And he was downplaying the pandemic, calling it a press-induced pandemic near the beginning. But then he apologized in April once it became clear that this coronavirus was not to be trifled with. But he still got it. He got it. I don't wish ill will on anyone, but it feels like karmetic, like, karmic justice when somebody who's been a covid idiot or covid it or a covid denier gets covid it's kind of like well what did you think was gonna happen so he had a follow-up instagram live sesh the next day and he revealed that he is actually scheduled to get the first run of the vaccination a week prior to his first positive test here's what pisses me off why the fuck does dr drew get the vaccination yeah i do about as much good for the world as dr drew does Honestly. And I'm nowhere near in line. He said the hospital turned him away because his papers weren't in order, describing the experience as a World War II border crossing scene. Absurd the way that some hospitals are dealing with the vaccine program. Frankly, it's nearly criminal. What's criminal is who the, is he practicing medicine or not? I'm confused. 
I think he keeps up with his boards, but he is more of a personality than he is a doctor. So I was watching an episode of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, um, where they have the celebrities on there and like Jimmy Kimmel hosts and Jimmy Kimmel was it was Nikki Glaser and she brought on as her like because you can't have asked the audience because of COVID. So she brought on Dr. Drew as her kind of like help, you know, because they're all doing it for charity. So they want the celebrities to get the shit right anyways. Jimmy Kimmel's like, you know, like I the person here to help you is of course my doctor or like whatever, like or it li- used to be my doctor. So obviously Jimmy Kimmel got Dr. Drew discovered, but like he's not still like Jimmy Kimmel's doctor, right? Or anyone's doctor, right? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. He does not have like a private practice, I believe. So then why the fuck did he get the vaccine? Or was he supposed to get the vaccine? I mean, maybe that's why his papers weren't in order. Yeah, because they were like, what? This this says you're graduated from the CBS School of Medicine? What does that mean? <laughs> Dr. Phil, Dr. Oz, and Dr. Drew. I mean, you go by your first name. Wait, is Dr. Oz's first name Oz? Great question. That's a weird first name. Let's look that up. Mehemet is his first name. Wow, I didn't see that coming. You know what? It fits. Mehemet Oz. Mehemet Oz. I'm just saying, if you're a first name doctor, I think that you're probably not that good. Unless you're like a children's doctor in which like, call me Dr. Sally. Makes sense. No. (laughs) I'm Dr. Andy. We don't have COVID vaccine to fucking waste on Dr. Drew's ass. I'm sorry. Did you hear that some Disneyland employees were able to get vaccines in Orange County, I believe, or L.A. County, because they had opened a vaccine vial and it goes bad after so many hours? I was reading an article about this today, and essentially people that weren't in line for the vaccine but just happened to be at the hospital were able to get the vaccine early because it would have spoiled had they let it go. Why were there Disneyland employees at the hospital? Great question, Cass. It didn't say. Lord help us. <laughs> what are we going to do with this fucking... Oh, boy. It's fun to do trashy trashy, and then sometimes it's not fun to do trashy trashy. Because <laughs> I learn about these things. Do you ever feel like getting together with a group of people and just screaming about something collectively? Uh, yeah. Why? Well, according to LAMag.com, an anti-mask protest staged a stampede at Irwan. Hey, this uh, story was submitted by a listener. Thanks, Alex. Thank you, Alex. Irwan is a luxury grocery store in Beverly Grove, and a group of around 50 anti-mask protesters reportedly swarmed it on Tuesday afternoon. The demonstration may have been linked to a recent pro-Trump demonstration in Beverly Hills, including the Beverly Hills Freedom Rally, based on shirts and hats observed by some of the participants. Shopper Ira Brian Miller posted a video from the scene on his Instagram and Twitter accounts, and that quickly spread online. I was approaching Air One Market today in search for some vegetables and cheese, (laughs) as you do, Ira, and... As I got to the entrance, I noticed about 50 or so people storming the entrance of the building. As I looked closer at the people that were in the stampede rushing the doors, I noticed a lot of Trump hats and no one wearing masks. It seemed as if they were anti-maskers. Thanks, Ira. Thank you, Ira, for that firsthand account. You don't need to tell us why you're at Erwan Market. <laughs> no one gives a fuck if you need veggies No one veggies gives a fuck cheese. that you want to spend $8 on one avocado. You fucking dick. I'm mad at everybody in this. <laughs> For those of you who are not 
local to LA, Irwan is a, like it's at a luxury grocery store that is very expensive. Like $15 juices. It like pointlessly expensive. Pointlessly like organic and locally sourced to an extent, but it's absurd. <laughs> yeah. I'm on their website right now and it's members enjoy free delivery, $150 cart minimum. Which is probably seven items. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not a cheap pl- there's I'm looking makes, at $8 eggs right now. It makes Whole Foods look like the Dollar General. Yeah. It's, it's expensive. They have one in Silver Lake too. So... I don't think their food tastes any better. I haven't eaten at an Irwan, but I'm just like, I'm just saying. I haven't, I haven't participated in Irwan shopping either. I think that it's a little too pricey. So Miller says that he watched the group bum rush into the store, and he says at least one member of the group appeared to be filming videos of herself attempting to convince masked so- shoppers that they did not need to wear coverings and to live their lives. Live your life. Take off your mask. Come on now. Take off your mask before you go in and spend $80 on two boxes of pasta. You know we're in a rigatoni shortage? (gasps) What? Yeah. That's another article I read. We're in a rigatoni shortage. Mamma mia. Since Um, like April, it's been hard to find rigatoni. I can't put my finger on what a rigatoni looks like. It's rigatoni. like a spaghetti with a hole in the middle. Oh, no. But how do we make it a ziti? Guess you're going to have to make your own rigatoni. I got a meal delivery kit. This is not an ad, but I got a meal delivery kit, and one of the options was a rigatoni. And I said, yes, please, because it's been in such a shortage. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. There were a few people becoming violent, and it got pretty physical with one of the workers at Air One. That's what Miller says. Those workers at Air One are probably the baddest motherfuckers, like, ever. To work at Air One, you have to be able to, like, do, like, Krav Maga-level, like, Karen dodging. (laughs) I like to think about the training. Like, every morning, there's, like, a drill sergeant that's, like, a holistic drill sergeant that's, like, meditate! Think on it. Start your shift, maggots. And by maggots, I mean beautiful butterflies. <laughs> Speaking of things that are expensive. According to NPR.org, the Omni Hotels accepted millions in PPP funds, but didn't pay any of that to their workers. Bum, bum, bum. How many times have we heard this story, but just insert blank with blank and didn't pay workers? Yeah. I mean, this is America the Beautiful. I mean, that was the, the, I should have gotten in on the PPP loan for Trashy Trashy. We haven't been paid yet. (laughs) We're a small business. Speaking of getting paid, if you click in the show notes, you can support this podcast financially at $5 or $10 a month and help us upgrade our equipment and with hosting fees. So thank you. Sorry, I interrupted you when you're trying to ask people to do something nice for us. And I just interrupted you and made it seem like we don't fucking deserve it. It's just that I was excited (laughs) to say thank you to the people. Thank you so much to our existing monthly supporters. And we would love to see more of you. We love you. Thank you. And honestly, like, what was that food delivery thing? Like, let's get some ads on this bitch. (laughs) Let's slap an ad on this bitch. Purple Carrot, sponsor us. So Unite Here said that 32 Omni Hotels received about $76 million in loans from the program known as PPP, and about $23 million of that went to seven hotels in cities including Chicago, Boston, Washington, D.C., and San Francisco, where the union represents more than 1,000 housekeepers, servers, and other service workers. 
In its application to the Small Business Administration, the Omni Providence Hotel in Rhode Island asked for a 2.6 million PPP loan, promising to retain 246 jobs. Quincilla Mortania, a health club attendant, was laid off after working at the hotel for 21 years. She applied for unemployment benefits and food stamps and was hopeful when the hotel's loan was approved on April 13th. As I was struggling to provide for my family, I learned that the Omni had received some PPP money, said Maranta, a single mother with two children. I said, great, at least they're going to help us get by when it comes to basic needs. Well, sorry, they're not. They're not. And they didn't. Where did the money go? They just kept it. Like, you didn't have to account for, like, where it went. Like, UCB, the Upright Citizens Brigade, received a PPP loan but still laid people off. Well, they'd close now. (laughs) Everything but Franklin. Wow. It's pretty outrageous. Are we just – is the government just giving people, like, big businesses, like, money for their rent? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no – When the government could just, like, maybe cancel the rent? Cancel rent. Jesus, fuck. You know who else could be canceled? Mm, yeah, according to consequencesofsound.net, I think a website that Eric is pretty fond of, Lil Pump reportedly banned by JetBlue for not wearing a mask, saying, Corona's fake. In a since-deleted post, the Trump-loving rapper said, All 2020 and 2021, I ain't wearing no mask. I ain't gotta wear no fucking mask. Corona's fake. Bye! Ah, uh, yes. Lil Pump. The artist who gave us Gucci Gang in 2017 arms around you in 2018 and escaped it in 2019. Oh, wow. The prolific artist, Little Pop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A 20-year-old artist. Full name is Gazzy Garcia. So, good. Bye. Bye. Ban him from... Put him on the fucking no TSA list. Yeah, fuck it. Corona's fake, then great. Not just JetBlue. You don't get Delta. You don't get American. You don't get anybody. A recent JetBlue flight ran into some unexpected turbulence when rapper Little Pump refused to wear a mask. Now, according to TMZ, the Trump-loving MC has been banned from flying JetBlue. On Saturday, December 26th, Little Pump boarded a plane bound for Los Angeles from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Audio recordings from the flight deck reveal that midway through the trip, Little Pump not only removed his mask, but became verbally abusive with the poor flight attendants tasked with getting him back on it. Still maskless, he began coughing and sneezing into a blanket, perhaps purposely trying to make his fellow passengers uncomfortable. The flight deck apparently requested that police meet them at LAX since the rapper had to be dealt with firmly. And TMZ reports that Lil Pump eventually calmed down and put his mask back on, but at the end, LAX airport police did not arrest him. Reps from JetBlue say that he's been grounded from future flights. He took to Instagram to blast JetBlue and vow not to wear a mask in the future. Fuck JetBlue and fuck everyone that working there, he said in his since-deleted post. All 2020 and 2021, I ain't wearing no mask. I ain't got to wear no fucking mask. Corona's fake. Bye. I just, what a shithead. What a shithead. Who's his publicist? Because that's a great statement that was written. I mean, somebody made him delete it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. The other publicist. The other publicist. The first one was like, I've got an idea. Let's double down. These rappers who are like, I mean, Kanye West is untouchable, but like these other random rap and Lil Wayne is pretty untouchable, but these other little random rappers, like this 20 year old guy, it's like, who's not to sound like, you know, some boomer, but like, I think his music's not very good. You really want to like attach yourself to like Trump to further your hip hop career. Like, we're not uh, we're not going to know who the fuck this guy is in a couple years. Like, I really don't think so. No. Gucci Gang was in my head for a little bit. It's a bit of an earworm. Mm-hmm. But it's not 
He's not it. He has no longevity. Yeah. So whatever, Lil Pump. May uh maybe you'll get coronavirus. I bet he won't be fucking saying corona's fake if he gets offered that vaccine. Speaking of getting vaccines, according to complex.com, Malachi Love Robinson, aka Dr. Love, was arrested on fraud charges in Florida. Dr. Love. He is a South Florida man, previously went viral for posing as Dr. Love while he was a teen, and he's been arrested on fraud and theft charges again? Who is this guy? NBC Miami reported that Dr. Love Robinson, who is now 23 years old, was arrested on charges on Thursday. So far, there's no further details regarding his arrest, but his release on Thursday night. He previously posed as a doctor and ran a clinic, which was entitled New Birth, New Life, Alternative Medicine, and Urgent Care Clinic without a license. Where did he get the loan to open this? <laughs> like, it's, I mean, I, you can't just open a clinic like willy nilly. Like, get it. I mean, he's not in debt due to medical school, I'll tell you that much right now. So when he was arrested by an officer who poses a patient, he said he was hurt by the allegations that he wasn't a real doctor, even though he definitely wasn't a real doctor. <laughs> what? When the world was introduced to Dr. Love back in 2016, his story quickly went viral due to its absurdity. The same year, he was caught writing fake checks and charged with grand theft, and then two months later appeared in the news when he tried to drive off with a Lexus by faking finances at the dealer. Oh, my God. So this is what he just, like, fakes his finances, and then he gets these things. Mm -hmm. Is that easy to do? In Florida, it seems so. Jeez Louise. In 2018, Love Robinson cut a deal on 14 criminal charges that he was facing, pleading guilty on posing as a medical professional, fraud, and grand theft. Due to his guilty plea, he was released from prison after serving 21 months behind bars. He maintains at the time he wasn't posing as an actual doctor, but as a naturopathic physician instead. Let me call bullshit on naturopaths. <laughs> what is naturopath? Basically... It's you don't have to go to medical school. You can be a naturopath and have gone to medical school, but most of them are unlicensed doctors who just go with the Ayurvedic. Ayurvedic. I'm butchering that word, but there's mm -hmm. like an old system of medicine that they go off of. And so they'll just feel on your kidneys or your lungs and be like, you need to take this many vitamins a day and this pill and this root. That you know, like they, I went to one for a little bit. <laughs> uh huh. And that's what I was waiting for. I was like, damn, she knows a lot about this. Uh, seems as if she has dabbled in this. <laughs> I've dabbled in the naturopath world. I mean, if I know my Erica Curry, that's on brand. She did everything short of give me a crystal when I left. <laughs> but my insurance, surprise, surprise, did not cover the doctor's appointment. Mm. I mean, this is dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> this is like catch me if you can level dangerous. I don't know. I mean, personally, like I wouldn't go to a place called New Birth, New Life, Alternative Medicine and Urgent Care Clinic if I wasn't feeling well. But maybe, maybe maybe he'll go to jail for longer this time. I'll tell you what, someone at a bank who gave a loan out is getting fired. <laughs> for sure. I mean, I just love Dr. Love. Dr. Love, baby. Dr. Love. I'm a doctor of um, love. According to mystateline.com, <laughs> I didn't have a good one. Chicago's teacher union member criticized for Caribbean vacation while arguing in-person learning is unsafe. Ooh, that's a bad look. 
I smell the hypocrisy from here. It smells like the bacon that you burnt earlier. <laughs> a Chicago teachers union leader is facing criticism for vacationing in the Caribbean while at the same time claiming it's unsafe for teachers to return to the classroom. Sarah Chambers is on the union's executive board and is an area vice president. As recently as Thursday, she tweeted to rally special education teachers not to return to work on Monday because it's unsafe. And just a few hours earlier, Chambers posted a picture on Instagram that appears to show her poolside in Puerto Rico and talking about going to Old San Juan for seafood. The post mentioned she previously had COVID, got a negative test result, and and consulted her doctor before traveling. Which one? Dr. Love? Dr. Love is actually, yeah, he's her named. I... I am so fucking sick of seeing influencers in Mexico and in Puerto Rico and in Miami right now. Shut it down. Or just don't take a fucking picture of yourself, you stupid assholes. They want to document it. Because they can't help themselves. They're sick, Erica. They're sick. I mean, I get like hives looking at it, but I can't look away. Mm. I, I, I had to stop following people like that. I can't do it. I stopped following people who I was friends with who were traveling a bunch during COVID. I just like, honest to God, I if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Like I've had to travel before during COVID and yeah. I, I ain't posting about it. Right. It's embarrassing. You should be embarrassed. I did once and I was embarrassed and I took it down. Oh, good for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I felt ashamed of myself. I, I mean, I wasn't traveling to fucking Miami. Right. But still. Yesterday, I went up to Mount Wilson up the Angel's Crest Highway, and we stopped at like a turnout on the mountain, and nobody else was around. And I took a photo without a mask on it, and then I was like, is this okay? <laughs> I, I, yeah. I was nervous, even though nobody was around. I was, in, I was at a brewery in Ventura, and it was just like a day trip to like see the ocean and whatever, and I was with like people in my pod, like so the only people I know, basically not the only people I know, but like the only people I know during COVID. And we were at an outdoor brewery and we were the only people there. And so I was like a little tipsy and I took a just a quick selfie with me and my friend. And it was on my Instagram story. And then I was like, I got called out about it and I took it down. And I was like, you know what? Even if you know that you're the only one there and you know all these things like that, it's still a vibe. It's a vibe. Yeah. We are not perfect people here at Trashy Trashy, but we're also not uh, Chicago teachers trying to get extra days off of work while being in the Caribbean. Yeah, no joke. I mean, my God. All you got to do is throw a TBT on that shit. And then you could have just acted like you were not in the Caribbean. (laughs) Hashtag throwback Thursday. (laughs) Like throwback to when everything was normal or something. Lie. What are you doing? Just don't put it on the internet. I mean, A, don't do it. But then B, don't document it. That's going to be really, that's really like where I have to make my official stance because I, otherwise I'm way too much a hypocrite. If you're going to do it, don't put it on the fucking internet. Thank God we didn't have social media when I was in high school. Thank I mean, God. We, yes, we. Well, I had MySpace. I did not. Oh, wow. And I had Twitter, too. I've gone back in my tweets and I'm like, dude, I'm a fucking. Like, I would just like bitch about my boyfriend, like on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was old enough to where like you could send tweets by texting 4101. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 
And I went through and I downloaded all of my tweets to search mm-hmm. for keywords to delete just in case there was anything I needed to delete. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I didn't understand the at adding someone yet. So it was just like at Asher. <laughs> like I just wrote the word AT or I would do the symbol and then their username like three spaces later. Oh, my God. It was tragic. <laughs> yeah, no, I... It's bananas to look at my old tweets and stuff and just be like, whoa, like literally, whoa, like, why did I just say that about like my relationship? Or I used to like, I I cuss a lot now, but like 18 year old Cassandra, like was very flippant with the F word. Speaking of social media, I would like to take a second to call out something. Hmm. No snitch tagging. Ooh. We here at Trashy Trashy tag and do not tag as we choose. We recently got snitch tagged on our Kirk Cameron post on Twitter. <gasps> Somebody what does that mean? retweeted us and then added Kirk Cameron. We did not add Kirk Cameron. Okay. We just used his name in the tweet. So oh. it's, it's when somebody like tags the person that you're talking to is or talking about. It's called snitch tagging. Okay. So Two things about that. A, yeah, don't fucking do that to us. But B, I'm not fucking afraid of Kirk Cameron. I'm not afraid of Kirk Cameron. I just would have tagged him if I wanted to tag him. Like, I'm very aware of how to, like, search out somebody's Twitter. Mm-hmm. It just pisses well, me and off. Well, like, if we wanted, I'm not afraid of Kirk Cameron. Who I'm afraid of is the people who follow Kirk Cameron. Yeah. The loonies. Yeah. So, yeah, don't do that to us. We love you. Thank you for following our our social media and thank you for reposting our social media. Our Trashy Trashy's got a lot of funny stuff on there. But Erica's right. Don't fucking tag people and shit. Let us do that. Let us do that. We'll take care of it. We tag when we want to. I tagged at Perez Hilton and he liked the tweet about himself, which is sad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is it? But that was a purposeful tag. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it just pisses me off. No snitch tagging, trashy, trashy. Yeah, numbers. dude. I did not know that. Oh, I got heated. Heated. Speaking of getting heated, our next story comes to us from the TimesUnion.com. San Antonio Police Department cracks down on strippers bearing crevices. Ooh. Four strippers are arrested by undercover cops in San Antonio for allegedly showing their butt cracks. Police cracked down on four dancers and two managers at a San Antonio gentleman's club last week after the strippers allegedly revealed a little bit of too much skin in front of undercover police officers. No, this is confusing, but city code defines nudity as a state of dress which fails to completely and opaquely cover human genitals. The pubic region, the pubic hair, the crevice of the buttocks, or anus, or any portion of the female breast that is situated below a point immediately above the top of the areola. Imagine the person who had to fucking, the lawyers who had to write that. Oh, and you know there was a debate. Above and below. Yeah, because under boob is really fucking sexy too. (laughs) Some poor law clerk getting a boner while writing out city code. (laughs) Yeah, that would make her fucking naked. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's the point of the strip club if they ain't going to take their clothes off? 
Great question. The undercover cops were sent there because there was a report of prostitution going on at the club. And when they went inside, they saw two dancers pulling down the waistband of their thongs to reveal the crevice of their buttocks, which is a violation of the city ordinance prohibiting nudity in sexually oriented businesses. Man, San Antonio sounds like it fucking sucks. Yeah, what a bummer, San Antonio. Like, damn, bro, you guys are prude as hell. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a strip joint. Like these are these are sex workers. Like their job is to do what they choose to reveal. And by the way, they were named in the article, and so were the managers who arrested. I'm not going to name them. No, absolutely not. We think that's beyond tacky. All I mean, all I'm saying in seeing in this article is that San Antonio, you need to relax, man. Get laid, San Antonio. Hey, San Antonio. Susan's not coming back. <laughs> okay, like this really big, like religious stand you're taking, like it's not going to bring her back. She's gone, man. You just got to let her go. Yeah, it's okay, man. Hey, buddy, you'll find someone else. You'll find somebody else, maybe at Sugars. Hey, Cass. Yes. Are you ready for the dumpster fire of the week? <gasps> Hell yeah, I'm fucking ready. Let's do it. According to my favorite website, consequencesofsound.net, <laughs> that's a whopping four stories this week. Wow, it's unbelievable. Vanilla Ice, Mike Love led Beach Boys headline Trump's Mar-a-Lago New Year's Eve party. So, of course, why not throw a big New Year's Eve bash in Mar-a-Lago? Donald Trump, his South Florida resort, had a celebration for the end of the year that saw the deaths of 346,000 Americans due in large part to the Trump administration's sheer incompetence. And by the way, masks were optional. Some of 500 of MAGA's finest, including Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, Rudy Giuliani, Kimberly Guilfoyle, Judge Janine Pirro, Pillow CEO Mike Lindell, attended the black tie event. Donald Trump himself was not in attendance as he returned home to Washington, D.C. early in order to plot his election coup. Non-Trump family members paid up to $1,000 for the right to eat from a menu that included Mr. Trump's wedge salad, cheese tortellini, and Wagyu beef. Sounds like diarrhea to me. Mr. Trump's, I mean, I can't believe he didn't just call it like the presidential salad. Like he still refers to himself as a mister when you're the fucking president. I'm a little confused on how that works. Because like whenever I read stories about him on the New York Times, which not to brag is a website that I, you know, um, pay for. But they will refer to him as Mr. Trump as well. And I don't know if they're being sassy or if like you only, is it like you only have to call someone president once and then after that they're allowed to be Trump? Like, mister? Or, like, what's the deal with that? I went to one journalism class. I should know the answer to this, but I do not. They say Mr. Biden also, so I'm assuming so. I'm okay. assuming that it's not. That sad. doesn't explain why his wedge salad was called Mr. Trump's wedge salad. Yeah, I would call that Mr. Trump's big old fucking wedge salad, y'all. Mr. Trump's wedge salad sounds like like a weird, creepy cooking show for kids. <laughs> Mr. Trump's wedge salad. Yay! So music was provided by the Mike Love-led Beach Boys and Vanilla Ice, and then some 70s new wave band Berlin. Take my breath away. Okay, this is amazing. 
Don Trump Jr. wrote on Facebook. He included a video of maskless partygoers dancing along to Ice Ice Baby. Vanilla Ice is playing at the Mar-a-Lago New Year's Eve party. As a child of the 90s, you can't fathom how awesome that is. Beyond that, I got the birthday shout out. So that's pretty amazing. I like that he referred to it as the birthday shout out is if Vanilla Ice had the quota of like one birthday shout out. Should I give it to Jesus? Should I give it to who? No. <laughs> I'll give it when to one of the- Don Trump's birthday. I don't know, but can you name another Vanilla Ice song? Besides Ice Ice Baby? Uh-huh. The answer is no. <laughs> Me either. Play that funky music, I guess is on the same album. Vanilla Ice is another person that like, without like VH1 and his like drug addiction, he wouldn't exist anymore. Truly. Like, he was a flash in the pan. I mean, that song's iconic. But other than that, like, he never... I mean, doesn't he have, a like, a HGTV show where he, like, renovates I, people's homes? I think that that happened for, like, 15 seconds, yes. Don Trump Jr., uh, his birthday, by the way, is on the 31st of December. I got the birthday shout-out, Daddy. Did you hear? Daddy, I did good. He gave me the birthday shout out. Daddy. It's worth noting that Vanilla Ice previously canceled a 4th of July concert scheduled in Texas following pleas from local health officials who worried that such an event would exacerbate the state's virus outbreak. I listen to my fans. I hear all you people out there. I didn't know the numbers were so crazy, Vanilla Ice said. We just want to stay safe. We do take it seriously, and we want to make sure everyone stays safe. As those numbers are even more crazy now, it seems Vanilla Ice was either lying or lying. So this Beach Boys band, I say that not saying like that I don't know who the Beach Boys is, but this version of the Beach Boys played a Trump benefit back in October. And in response, co-founding members Brian Wilson and Al Jardine issued a public rebuke of Mike Love and said that they only learned of the event through the press. So... But, like, did they play the new version? I'm, like, I'm a little confused. No. So, basically, it was just, like, Mike Love of the Beach Boys doing Beach Boys songs without the other Mm -hmm. members of the band because they don't support Trump. Is it, like, kind of weird that I'm, like, thought that all the Beach Boys would be dead? I mean, yeah. I I think (laughs) they're alive and kicking. I mean, because, like, a lot of the Beatles are dead. And wasn't that, like, around the same time? I think the Beach Boys came afterwards. They were in like the 1961. Oh my God. Is it at the same time as the Beatles? Yeah. The Beatles came after them, I think. Because weren't they big? Didn't they hit in like 64? Yeah. Wow. Weird. Who cares? Who cares? Uh, Mike Love is the saxophone player. So it's like, you know, oh. I don't know why he's instrumental. You can't not yeah. have a saxophone. And he, boy, oh boy, does he love Trump. I just, I love that this was an all-star super spreader event of MAGA people. Yeah, because, like, Rudy Giuliani, like, is he over his COVID yet? I believe he has to be to be attending something, right? He probably has antibodies now. I don't think he has to be anything. (laughs) You know what? You're right. I gave him way too much credit. Imagine paying $1,000 to just be, like, like you just you have to live on a different fucking planet at this point to just be like yeah I, I'm I'm comfortable going to this and to think that President Trump was going to show up. Do you think that that's why they wanted to go? Oh, for sure. Who would give a shit about Kimberly Guilfoyle? Don Trump Jr. would. I actually read a or I didn't read anything. I listened to an episode of The Daily, and it was about Don Trump Jr.'s like rise as like a political star. And Kimberly Guilfoyle is an interesting person. She was 
formerly married to Gavin Newsom, the fucking joker who's the governor here in California. And she's like a Fox News person. And then she started dating Donald Trump Jr. I'm not going to say that she broke up his marriage, but like it definitely like feels like her presence around a lot. Like there's... (laughs) I smell an affair. Allegedly. (laughs) I'm like, I know, I'm 100% pulling this out of my ass. But like, I'm like excited to see her HBO show, like based on a character who's based on her life. Because she seems like, this feels like House of Cards-esque kind of manipulation of this woman, like trying to get into power. And she, if you don't remember exactly who she is, she's the one who like went like, viral after the rnc when she was like fucking screaming like this is the time like she was like addressing the crowd as if there was people there when there weren't it was like she was a roman emperor having to shout down to all the legions yeah but she had a microphone (laughs) like she's attaching herself to don trump jr because i think that she genuinely believes that he will possibly become like i think she's controlling this Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting that while she sucks, we choose to to focus on Don Trump Jr. instead of Eric? Poor Eric. I mean, we learned last week that Eric and I apparently like shared the same opinion about something. So I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not touching Eric Trump. Anymore. You're not gonna comment? <laughs> no, because I don't want to fucking learn more and find out that me and Eric Trump are like the same person. <laughs> Like, oh my God, Eric Trump also doesn't think that King's Hawaiian should be sued? Fuck. (laughs) Fuck. Uh, Eric Trump, the the first guest on this podcast, will, (laughs) I'll make it so, so you can meet your hero. Shut up, he's not my fucking hero, Erica. (laughs) Hey, Cass. Uh, What? Are you hoarding anything? Yes, I am. Okay, so this is like super dorky, but I like the message. So I watched the, um, it's Less Is Now. It's The Minimalists, new documentary on Netflix. It came out on like the 1st of January. And it's like, it's a little dorky because like these guys are like very clearly public speakers. So like you're basically watching their public speaking a little bit, but with like some visuals. And so it's kind of like there's like some cringy moments for me just as someone who's like seen like one person shows and things like that. And it just like has that vibe to it. But the message of living without clutter and also like not being so ruled by stuff or like, you know, like running to stuff to make to fill the voids in your life. And then you're not happy and you're not happy and you're not happy and you're spending all this money on stuff and whatever, whatever. I liked that a lot. And so there's like a challenge at the end of it. They're like, well, every day for 30 days, get rid of one thing. And so I was like, okay, I'm gonna do that. And so I went into my bedroom and I was like, I have a bunch of like lipsticks, like lip lip glosses that came in like one of those like packs you know like it was like pack from like nyx or something like that and i was like i wanted one of them but i you know i just bought like 30 and i don't like the way they go on so i threw away all those lipsticks and i was like nice i threw away something i don't need that i've been holding on to for no reason and then i just kind of kept going and so right now i am staring at seven bags of stuff that I managed to throw away yesterday while I was watching that fucking barbecue show of things that fit in my room. And I'm just like shocked. Like I got rid of a shit ton of clothes. And I I like to go through my clothes all the time. Like I've done the whole Marie Kondo like throwaway stuff 
does this bring you joy? And this was like, I was doing this shit on crack. Like I took everything out of my closet, like, you know, you're supposed to. And I really, really, really was like, nope, nope, nope. Yes. Nope, nope, nope. Like I don't need this. I don't care how I feel. Like I doesn't matter if it brings me joy. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. And so I have seven bags of shit, clothes, shoes, makeup, other random things that I've just been holding on to that I've gotten rid of just from my room alone. I'm going to do more rooms in my house. I'm like, I'm getting rid of stuff. I'm throwing shit away. So I'm actually the opposite of hoarding, but like I'm doing it. Hell yeah. I have four trash bags that I cleared out of our spare room yesterday and I plan on doing at least two more because I'm I'm on that same purging mentality. Yeah. So like the documentary is like dorky, but I recommend watching it because again, I, I there's other people that they interview that I find really interesting, mm-hmm. but and it's only like an hour. And it feels like good. Like I I feel motivated to like – because being a minimalist, I guess, is not a, about having very few things. It's just about only having what you need, not having clutter. And it's just like surprising about how much stuff I was I, – I still feel like I can get rid of more, to mm-hmm. be honest, in just in my room alone. So I'm fucking jazzed on it. Uh, what are you hoarding? I'm hoarding a series on Netflix called Bridgerton. Oh, my God. What are you, my mom? Okay, Joyce. It came from Miss Shonda Rhimes. <laughs> it's like Pride and Prejudice meets Gossip Girl. Uh-huh. It's so good. <laughs> I came out. My mom came for a couple days during Christmas, and I walked out uh, into the living room, and my mom was watching it, and I was out on my laptop just working, just being in the living room, just being in the same room as my mom. And I think she thought I was paying attention. So she gave me like a very quick rundown of what was going on. And it was so fucking bananas uh-huh. that, I, that I was like, I'm actually not watching. And she's like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> and like, I don't want to spoil anything, but like the things that she was telling me of like, okay, so this, 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 and this, and then and it, 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 she needed this happen or whatever. And I was just like, what? Like, none of this seems relevant to the time period that the show is in. <laughs> okay. So it's set in the early... 1800s uh-huh and it's in england's high society mm-hmm. and basically it's marriage season where all of the you know higher class ladies come out and the lords and the dukes and all of the like you go to these balls and parties where you have your dance card and somebody physically writes down that i'm going to dance with you so that's where that term comes from but what term my dance card is full. I've never heard that term in my life. Oh, well, now you have. <laughs> and this one girl is, her brother makes an arrangement to have her marry to this guy. And she's like, fuck no. Well, the brother's best friend is a duke. And the duke is like, hey, her and the duke get together kind of and say, hey, listen, I don't want to marry this asshole. So why don't you pretend to be courting me? And you don't want to get married. And all these women want you to marry. So they'll think we're together. Dun, dun, dun. Of course, they're going to fall in love. I hope. Oh, my God. I hope. It's it's crazy good. And the Queen of England is played by a black woman because there were rumors that in some of her depictions and paintings, she could have had like a Moorish background. And so it's just cool to see like a very diverse show. Like the Duke is played by a black man. Like 
it's like people in society are black and it's it's great instead of how it was it's just really cool to see like a diverse class and you don't see that in that time period ever yeah i mean because you know we're all making it up anyway so why not why not just take some liberties and have a diverse version of it yeah, it's beautiful to see, and it's really good. I don't understand sometimes their accents because they are sometimes very appropriate, and sometimes you're like, "Are they even trying?" <laughs> Which is fun. I might, I might dabble in it just because it sounds kind of juicy. Because I mean, what you just said was not the storyline that was explained to me. I was explained about a storyline of like the, this woman and her husband. Like she wants to have a baby, but he like he's not coming inside of her. And so, but then she finds out like why he's not coming inside of her. And like, she tricks him to coming inside of her, whatever. I was not familiar with that storyline, but how deep are you into it? Like three episodes. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. It's fine. It doesn't ruin anything for me. (laughs) Are you throwing anything out? I am not drinking for the month of January. I'm doing a dry January. You know what? I'm going to throw out the same thing. I'm also doing a dry January. Hell yeah. Let's do it together. We're doing it. I mean, I'm, what is it? We record this usually the day before. So it's January 3rd right now. You guys are listening to this on January 4th or beyond. Tweet at us, root us on, send us pictures of you drinking so we can, you know, envy it. I have a box of Kirkland Signature Cab. Cab mm-hmm. Sav right there on the kitchen counter and I didn't finish it and it, it's going to go bad before the end of the month. And so I do hate to waste, but I think I need to just throw it away because every time I look at it, I'm like, why do you, why am I keeping this? I'm, it's, it's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that my roommate's going to come home and want to drink Costco boxed wine. <laughs> Even though it does taste good, you guys, it tastes pretty good. And I'm a bit of a wine snob, but I don't know. Yeah, it's it's, it's kind of like pathetic how difficult it's already been. Yeah, last night I it was poker night and I wanted to have a drink with everybody and I didn't. And it was difficult, but I need to flush out my system and give mm-hmm. my body a rest from all of the up to the holidays, holiday drinking. Yeah. Yeah, it was like it went from like COVID to like I took a COVID drinking and then I took a month off in like July. And then like after that, I felt like it was kind of like, you know, I was going I was easing back into it slowly. And then all of a sudden it was just like baseball and like that was like when things were kind of started loosening up a little bit, you know, so I started seeing a lot more friends in parks and stuff and I'm drinking again and then baseball playoffs hit and then it was like fucking that was so much booze and then it was holidays and it's it's good my body needs this because i'm basically running off of beer right now Mm -hmm. i drank so much wine and so many white claws on new year's eve and i was like yeah i'm not gonna drink tomorrow or the day after or the day after and it's really nice to have like a break yeah i mean we'll see how we feel about this in a week I'm probably going to be grumpy, but <laughs> <laughs> I did buy some CBD drinks, some CBD sodas ahead of time to mm. replace the sensation of drinking because that's what I miss is like the ritual and like holding a cold can or I have a couple of those too. I haven't tried them yet though, but I was thinking about getting into CBD and maybe weed a little bit this year. Uh-huh. So. I I have a subscription service called Nug Club 
where mm. you tell them what you like, be it like edibles, pre-rolls, vape, dabs, whatever. And then they send you a customized box and it's like $100, but it's like $250 worth of of marijuana products, but it's like a hundred dollar cost to you. And it's basically like a fab fit fun, but for marijuana. We should like cut that and like try to get them to sponsor this podcast. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty or you, can, or you can keep it and then we'll get them to sponsor this podcast. Go remember when I said it was like only a hundred dollars? Well actually with promo code trashy trashy, it's now this. I will do my best. And where can the people find you, Cass? On Instagram and Twitter at Cass Cardenas and every Tuesday night on the Nooner podcast and the Smodcast radio network. We're also potted. So iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever the fuck you want. Where do they find you? At Iconic Erica Curry on Instagram. And I have seen you. Um, Thank you so much for stopping by. I appreciate it. I've noticed an uptick in the follower count from this podcast. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much, listeners. And drop a line. Let me know that you're out there. And you can find this podcast at Trashy Trashy Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us while you're trash or if you have a listener story at Trashy Trashy Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all. And you can always leave us a review. It helps us grow in the charts, helps more people find the show. We are up to 68 reviews. And we could not have done this without you. Hey, Cass. (laughs) Yeah, girl. Stay garbage. You stay garbage, my friend. I will. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.